Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Living life in a sinful world means that there are going to be times when we'll have to make choices about what to truly care about. Will we stay faithful to the word that God has given us to proclaim, even when it's a message that people don't want to hear? Will we find the courage and the willingness to reach out and help and love one another in times of great need? Our sermon today is based on Jeremiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 13. Our message is entitled, God Blesses His People with the Courage to Care. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of His Holy Word. This morning, sermon text from Jeremiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 13. Shephatiah, son of Mata. Gedaliah, son of Pashur, Jehuchel, son of Shelemiah, and Pashur, son of Melchijah, heard what Jeremiah had told the people when he said, This is what the Lord says. Whoever remains in this city will die by sword, famine, and plague. But whoever goes over to the Chaldeans will live. He will escape with his life, and he will live. This is what the Lord says. This city will surely be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Then the official said to the king, This man should be put to death because he is demoralizing the soldiers who are left in the city. He is demoralizing all the people by saying these things to them. This man is not seeking the welfare of the people. He wants to hurt them. King Zedekiah answered, Very well, he is in your hands. The king cannot do anything to stop you. So they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Melchijah, the king's son, which was in the courtyard of the guard. They let Jeremiah down by ropes. There was no water in the cistern, but only mud. And Jeremiah sank down into the mud. Ebed-Melech, the Cushite, an official in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the cistern. While the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate, Ebed-Melech left the palace and said to the king, My lord, the king, everything that these men have done to Jeremiah the prophet is evil. They have thrown him into a cistern where he's likely to die because of the famine, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king gave orders to Ebed-Melech, the Cushite, Take 30 men from here under your command and lift Jeremiah the prophet up out of the cistern before he dies. So Abed-Melech took command of the men and entered a room under the treasury in the palace. He took some old rags and worn out clothing from there and he lowered them with ropes to Jeremiah in the cistern. Abed-Melech the Cushite said to Jeremiah, Put these rags and worn out clothes under your arms to pad the ropes. After Jeremiah did that, they lifted him up with the ropes and pulled him out of the cistern. After this, Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. This is the word of the Lord. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Amen. My dear family in Christ, His name was Zedekiah. 
King Zedekiah, to be exact. He was the reigning king in the southern kingdom of the Old Testament Jews, a kingdom that was called by the name Judah. And King Zedekiah was a nervous wreck. The army of the mighty Babylonian Empire was hammering away at his capital city, Jerusalem, and once Jerusalem fell, it would be all over. The Lord had a prophet serving in the land of Judah at that time. His name was Jeremiah. Sometimes people refer to him as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had a very difficult ministry. He wore his heart on his sleeve. He was called to preach to a people who often refused to listen to the word of the Lord their God. And their indifference to the Lord and their nonchalant attitude toward the words he proclaimed through his prophet, it broke the heart of Jeremiah. But he remained faithful to the Lord no matter what. His message essentially was this. People of God, the Lord is calling on you to turn away from your evil ways, to repent of your sin, to put your trust in the Lord, to turn back to him. But if you refuse to do that, you're inviting all kinds of disaster upon yourselves. Judgment that would come in the form of the invading Babylonian army who would conquer them and carry them off into exile in Babylon. Remarkably, the people of Judah still refused to listen. And that's why the Babylonians were hammering away at Jerusalem. They were functioning as the chastising arm of the Lord their God. Jeremiah knew that, of course, the Lord had revealed that to him. But would you put yourself in Jeremiah's place for a moment? Try to appreciate the struggle that Jeremiah was dealing with? On the one hand, you really have no choice. You are the called prophet of the Most High God. You are called to take the message that the Lord entrusts to you and proclaim it to the people, whether it's something that they want to hear or not. And so while Judah's depleted army is fighting a losing battle against the Babylonian army, here is the prophet Jeremiah basically saying to the troops of Judah, guys, give up. Surrender. This is the only option that you have if you want to live. The Lord is behind this. This is the disaster that he told you he would bring upon you if you refuse to repent and turn to him. And so, twice, just so they knew that it wasn't his opinion, Jeremiah repeats that all-important phrase, this is what the Lord says, verses 2 and 3. This is what the Lord says, whoever remains in this city will die by sword, famine, and plague, but whoever goes over to the Chaldeans will live. He will escape with his life, and he will live. This is what the Lord says, this city will surely be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Jeremiah faithfully proclaimed the message that the Lord had given him to preach. And the people hated him for it. 
So much so, in fact, that four officials in Judah's government, Shephatiah, Gedaliah, Jehuchal, and Pashur, went to King Zedekiah and said, he should be put to death. King, this prophet of the Lord is demoralizing our army. He is demoralizing our people. Prophet Shmophet, this man's a traitor. He's committing treason against our people. He needs to die. Look, it's not that Jeremiah was oblivious, nor was he naive. He knew that he was taking a, a great risk in faithfully proclaiming a message like that from the Lord, a message that the people didn't want to hear, but he faithfully preached that message anyway, not because he was stubborn, not because he wanted to prove to them that he was right and they were wrong, not because he was a glutton for punishment. Jeremiah faithfully proclaimed that message because he wanted to be faithful to the Lord his God. So here's one lesson for us this morning. God blessed Jeremiah with the remarkably strong faith, with the courage to care about staying faithful to the word of the Lord, even though he knew that doing so might cost him his life. His faith-born desire to be faithful to the Lord and his word was more important to him than his desire to be safe or comfortable, or popular. He just wanted to remain true to the Lord God and his word, even when that brought great trouble into his life. Isn't that what Jesus was talking about in our gospel lesson this morning? You notice, right, he does not call on us to take the easy way out. Jesus instead said, take up your cross and follow me. Let's understand that the cross, properly defined, is anything that we suffer as a consequence of our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that might be persecution, like it was for Jeremiah. It might be some ridicule that you receive from others for your Bible-based beliefs or your determination to be a devout Christian. Oftentimes, the cross, though, is internal. Oftentimes, the cross comes in the form of us struggling with temptation to cave into some pet sin. Oftentimes, the cross is our internal struggle fighting against this idea to just give in and do what we know is wrong and sinful, but instead to remain faithful to the Lord. Take up your cross and follow me. Well, Jeremiah took up his cross and followed the Lord all the way down to the bottom of a muddy cistern where he was left to die. Because God had blessed Jeremiah with the courage to care about the word of the Lord and to care about the people that he had been called to serve. Jeremiah's determination to be faithful to the Lord and his word is inspiring. King Zedekiah's failure to care about God's prophet is disheartening, to say the least. Zedekiah had a golden opportunity to tell these four officials, look, fellas, Jeremiah may not be saying the kinds of things that our itching ears want to hear, but he is simply speaking the word that the Lord, our God, has given him to share. 
So no, we're not going to let any harm come to Jeremiah. But he didn't. Instead, King Zedekiah said to them, Very well, he is in your hands. The king cannot do anything to stop you. When he had this golden opportunity to protect this man, the Lord's called servant, Zedekiah basically said, I, I don't care. Do whatever you'd like. So what was the difference between these two men, Jeremiah and King Zedekiah? Didn't the Lord want both of them to have the courage to care? Of course he did. But clearly Zedekiah, at least initially, was not interested in serving the Lord. In fact, Holy Scripture said summary of Zedekiah's reign goes like this. 2 Kings 25 says, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. We have too, right? Done evil in the eyes of the Lord. Times when we knew what the right thing to do was, but instead chose the wrong thing. Times when we failed to care about what God says in his word. Times when we have failed to care about time spent with him. Times when we have failed to care for people who needed us or needed our help. Times when we basically have said, look, I don't care. I'm going to do this anyway, even though I know this isn't what God would want me to do. We've done evil in the eyes of the Lord. Friends, thank our gracious God together with me this morning that the Lord our God never takes an I don't care about you attitude toward us. Instead, he responds by assuring us that he does care with perfect love. And if you're not quite sure about that, just look at the cross. That's where God offered up his own beloved son. That's where Jesus took his cross up and carried it and allowed himself to be nailed to it to pay the penalty for every single one of your sins. And not only so, but the Lord cares enough about us to call us back when we stray from him, to hold up the mirror of his holy law, to show us our sins and our guilt, to drop us to our knees, to turn back to him, to in humble repentance say, Lord, have mercy on me for I've sinned. And then to lift us up again with the gospel's good news that we are forgiven thanks to the blood that Jesus shed for us. But these four officials were determined to silence the voice of God's prophet. And so... They took Jeremiah, who was likely about 60 years old at this point, and lowered him down into a cistern. They were determined to let Jeremiah die a slow death at the bottom of that muddy grave. And that might have been the end of the story, if not for a man by the name of Abed-Melech. He's an unlikely hero. He wasn't even from among the Jews. He was a Gentile convert. He's a Cushite, likely from Ethiopia. Ibn Melech could easily have looked the other way and said to himself, don't get involved in this. This is not your battle to fight. You have nothing to do with this. But his conscience would let him. Ibn Melech takes this huge risk. He goes to the king, a very powerful man, whom, if he had felt threatened or even embarrassed by Abed-Melech, could have had him executed, no questions asked. And he risks upsetting and exposing the four officials who had thrown Jeremiah down into that pit. 
setting aside his own safety, setting aside his own popularity, Abed-Melech confronts the king about this injustice. God uses him to lead the king to have a change of heart. And Abed-Melech hurries off and secures some ropes and some padding and gently lifts God's prophet out of the pit. Why did Abed-Melech do that? The very next chapter of the Bible assures us that he was a believer in the true and living God who put his trust in the Lord. Ironically, while God's own chosen people were turning a deaf ear to the word that he was proclaiming to them through his prophet, here is Abed-Melech, a Gentile convert, taking it to heart. And God had blessed him with the courage to care for others. Are there any Jeremiah's in your life right now who need for you to care about them? Someone who is mired in the pit of despair, someone stuck in unbelief, someone who has lost all their joy in life, someone who is struggling with some temptation, someone who is currently feeling afraid and all alone? Where will you find the strength and the courage to care and to help? Right here. In God's holy word, the Bible. You're in the right spot right now this morning because this is where God brings you this gospel. And through this gospel, God blesses people with the courage to care. Think about it. God cared enough for you and for an evil world to send his one and only son. He sent Jesus down into this sinful world, this muddy pit filled with rejection and unbelief and despair. Sent Jesus into that pit to rescue us and to redeem us. Jesus cared enough for you to persevere through the hatred and the scorn and the ridicule and the mistreatment and the injustice and the crucifixion. And through that cross, suffered hell's fury to guarantee you, to assure you that you will never be banished to hell's fiery pit forevermore. And God gave you a heart of faith, gave you a new heart, a servant's heart, a heart that appreciates this gift of salvation and wants desperately to respond with a life lived for him. God has blessed you with a heart that realizes that when you're serving others in humble faith, you are serving the Lord. God has blessed you with the courage to care. He has given you that desire by funneling his love into your heart and life. He has given you an ultimate example to follow, right? In Christ, your Savior, who's perfectly cared for you, and the Lord graciously presents you with all kinds of opportunities in life to, to stick your neck out, to help, to be there for someone who needs you, to serve him and bring him glory with your life. God blesses his people with the courage to care. So friends, let's heed that call. The love of Christ compels us. Let's have the courage of Jeremiah, the courage to remain faithful to the word and promises of the Lord our God no matter what. And let's have the courage of Abed-Melech putting our personal cares aside to care for one another, to love each other the way that God has loved us. 
at every single turn, let's keep on looking to the Lord. And let's keep trusting his powerful word to work inside these hearts of ours because through that word, through the amazing grace that this gospel proclaims, God blesses his people with the courage to care. Amen. Amen.